0: One year ago, exactly today, we as a church took up an ambitious effort to preach the good news of Jesus Christ for a hundred consecutive days. Our goal was to go through the entire Gospel of John. We called the effort So Loved, The Good News of Jesus. Now, it's amazing that it has been that that long, that fast. A year has already gone by. Think about that. On this side of that event, Uh, I can tell you it was harder than I thought. Now, I don't know what I thought it was going to be. It was harder than I thought. I can tell you for sure it was different than I thought. I can tell you also, in many ways, it was better than I thought. I can tell you that I saw God move. I believe we did, Uh, that I saw God work, that I heard God speak. And I can tell you today, I am forever different for that effort. Uh, if you remember, in addition to the people that came in person, people in all 50 states watched those messages. People in over 50 countries also watched and heard those messages as well. Some of those sermons had over 1,000 views each. Uh, if you remember also, we had eight decisions for Christ uh, that we saw here in our local church. I think about those days and I praise the Lord for those days. Well, Today, on the anniversary, remembering those days, we're going to take one week off from our study in the book of Acts, and today I'm going to actually preach the 101st sermon from the Gospel of John. Praise the Lord for that. Our message today is entitled, Still So Loved. Still So Loved. Now, Our verses today, I'm going to go to several places in the Gospel of John, but our anchor verses today are John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. So today, for the 101st time in the Gospel of John, I'm going to ask if you would joyfully stand stand with me in the reverence of the reading of God's Word. John chapter 3, verse 16 God's word says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come today and I thank you today. I worship you today. I praise you today. We do as your people gathered We exalt you as the living hope, the living word, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our Savior Jesus. Lord, we're thankful that today we can come and we can study your word, that we can hear your voice through your word, and that we can come and worship today in peace and joy and fellowship. Lord, I pray that this service, this hour, would not be normal. I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't be average. I pray that it wouldn't be a discussion, an academic passing on of information. But I pray, Lord, that you, the living God, would speak through your word today. I pray that our hearts would draw closer to you. I pray, Lord, that our, our praises would well up inside of us. And I pray for some today that are gonna hear this that do not know Jesus. I pray in the hearing of the gospel, the good news of a risen Savior, that today might be the day of their salvation. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you, we thank you, we worship you, we exalt you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's funny, the older you get, you start to maybe look around a little bit more and you can see a lot of things happen in a year. Again, it's crazy how fast time goes by. It's crazy how fast a year goes by. remember there were people that would always say it gets faster towards the end. It gets faster and faster the older you get. Well, evidently those people, maybe they weren't crazy after all. It does seem to get faster and faster. In this year, a lot has happened. And I want to tell you, as I stand back up here again today, a year has passed. I want to tell you, it seems that the world has gotten harder in this year. And I think about all the things that are going on that are going on right now. It seems the world has become a, a harder place in the last year. We still have the impact of the pandemic dragging on, the things that carry on from that. We now have hard economic realities. Inflation has taken off It's skyrocketed. Gas prices are up, grocery prices are up. You can't even find some things in the store. At one point this year, there was a shortage of crackers. Can you imagine that? Who was eating all the crackers this year? Another time, really a sad time, there was a shortage of Nilla wafers. We had banana pudding with no Nilla wafers. What happened to the Nilla wafers this year? This year, there were terrible tragedies. There were floods, there were fires, a school shooting. Division still dominates our world. Look around, it dominates our nation. People are at each other's throats today. It seems to be escalating. It's not seeming to be getting any better. This year I was watching, I think our culture's thirst for mindless filth was shown. As much of our nation watched as entertainment, it was was funny to us, it was entertainment, the, the ridiculous divorce of Johnny Depp. And I can just go on and on and on. A lot has changed this year. Our world seems to be a harder place this year. But I want to tell you, and I couldn't wait to get here this morning. I want to tell you what has not changed today. Now I want you to listen very carefully. Our world is changing. Our world is rapidly going and seems in one direction. But I want to tell you what has not changed. Listen very carefully. Today we serve a risen Savior, the hope of sinners. And he stands victorious today as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Listen to me, friend. That has not changed. It has not changed. (laughs) Friends, today we have good news. And so today in this 101st sermon from the Gospel of John, I'm going to remind us this morning of the truth of the good news of the call of the good news, and third of the commission of the good news. Now, we have good news. We heard that for 100 sermons. We know that. We have good news. And so today, again, from the Gospel of John, we're going to be reminded of the truth of the good news, the call of the good news, and the commission of the good news. And so, we're going to start this morning with the truth of the good news. Now, I want you to listen. The truth. Of the good news. Go with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. Here we go. For God so loved the world. Listen to each of these words. Think about each of these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. Friends, Here is the truth of the good news, we're sinners. All of us, each of us, we are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. And in our sin, the truth of the good news, the truth of the gospel is in our sin, we are perishing. Now we like to cover that up, we like to numb ourselves to that truth, but the truth is this, in your sin, in my sin, we are perishing. The word perishing in the original language It means cut off. Listen, we are cut off from a holy God because of our sin. It means we are ruined. That's a literal translation. We are ruined because of our sin. It means fully destroyed. We are destroyed because of our sin. In our sin, we are under the corrupt, correct and just judgment of God for sin. That's the truth. We're sinners. And in our sin, we've earned a punishment. We are perishing in our sin. Yet, listen to this. God so loves us. God so loves us. Let that ring in your ear. God so loves us. Let me tell you this morning, I don't get tired of preaching that. And I I, I was thinking yesterday, I just changed this sermon yesterday I was thinking yesterday, how many times can we go back and preach John three sixteen? Now, I think I've preached it six or seven times in 12 years. But I'm going to tell you, I don't get tired of preaching that. And I don't know how many times I may try to set a record before it's all over. Listen to me. God loves you. Listen to me. God loves you as you are. God loves you even in your sin. And I want you to hear me today, no sin is too great. No distance is too far. No past is too troubled. God loves you. God loves you. Romans 5 says that God demonstrates his love while we were yet sinners. God loves you. Listen, the good news is God loves you. No sin is too big. No distance is too far. God loves you. And the Bible says his love is infinite. His love is immeasurable. His love is without limit. His love is unconditional. God loves you. God loves you. Well, how much does he love you? The verse goes on and it says, that he gave his only begotten son, speaking of Jesus, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans chapter five, verse eight says, but God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, understand today, God loves you so much that he gave his only son Jesus to pay the price of your redemption. He gave his only son Jesus to save you from the penalty of sin. We're sinners, all of us, we have a penalty, a debt for our sin. Well, God loves you so much that Jesus comes as the Lamb of God and he takes my sin and he takes your sin and he takes the penalty for it on the cross of Calvary. That it would be settled in him. That that it would be remedied, reconciled in him. That it would be finished, that's why he says it. It is finished on the cross that it would be finished in him. That is the truth of the good news. That's the truth of the gospel. Now, I like to talk about the gospel. It's it's one of my favorite subjects. I like to talk about the gospel. I'm glad that you do too. I want you to think about this. Think about our gospel this gospel. The gospel. There's only one gospel. Think about this. It is a gospel of... Now, let's just start filling in the blank. And I want you to think about all the words that you can put right there. Our gospel, the the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a gospel of power. Defeating death, paying the price for sin, breaking the chains of sin. It is a gospel of power. But it's not just that. It is a gospel of... Good news. In a world of bad news, it is actually good news. Remember the first verse of the study. Jesus is the message. He is the good news. It is a gospel of great news. But not just that, it's a gospel of mercy. It's a, it's a gospel of grace. All oh, the grace that we see in our gospel. It is a gospel of high cost. It is a gospel of sacrifice. He gave his only begotten son, and that son dies on the cross of Calvary. It is a gospel of sacrifice. Oh, but it's a gospel of hope. No, it's dark all around us. There's hope in the gospel. It is a gospel of salvation. In fact, the Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation. Think of all the words we can put right there. But hear me, friend. All of those are tied up and wrapped up in this. It is a gospel of love. It is a gospel of love. Listen, you are so loved today. For God so loved the world. There is a movement. It is a growing movement. I'll tell you a frighteningly growing movement, in my opinion, that says that Jesus did not die for everyone. It's taken over our seminaries, taken over a whole lot of our churches. Jesus Did not die for everyone. The word's called limited atonement. Limited atonement. Listen to that. Hear that word. It says that Jesus died for a select group. Jesus died only for some, but to the exclusion of others, he didn't die for everybody. That's what it says. And they hold, listen to this, because Jesus did not die for everyone. I don't know where they find it in scripture. Because Jesus did not die for everyone, here's what they hold. Therefore, he does not love everyone. And their preachers redefine the definition of love. So there's at least three definitions of love. There's a love that doesn't sound anything like love, but that's the definition they have to go with. And they say this, God has a different understanding of love. And some of their preachers, and some of their more popular preachers, I I can point you to a couple, they actually say this, we need to quit telling everyone that God loves them. That's what they say. We need to quit telling everyone that God loves them. They may misinterpret that. They may not know the new definition we've made. we got to quit telling everybody. I can show you a sermon. we got to quit telling everybody that God loves them. I'd like to give you a response to that. So I will. Here's the response. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Folks, God so loves the world that he makes a way for you And he makes a way for me in our sin. And by faith in Jesus, listen, you are saved. That is the truth of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the truth of the good news. All right, so that's the truth of the good news. What is the call of the good news? What is the call of the good news? Now, I want you to be very clear. That's... The the good news is the good news. The truth of the good news, it stands, it's the truth of the good news, but listen to me. There is a response, there is a call to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The end of verse 16 says that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It goes on, verse 17, sometimes we don't read that. Here it says this. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world. Do you see how those are tied together? He came and he died for the world to offer salvation to the world, why? Because he did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, it's judged already, but that the world might be saved through him. Verse 17 tells us Jesus came on a saving mission. Sometimes folks wonder why did Jesus come? And they start to tell us, well, here's some reasons why he came. Listen, scripture is very clear. Jesus came on a saving mission. Why did he come? Now, listen, our kids from faith builders camp can tell you he came to seek and to save that which is lost, Luke 19.10. That's why he came. Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came on a saving mission. He, he has made a way to the cross paying for sin. And then back up to verse 16. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Get this, be certain to this. The call of the good news is to believe. The call of the gospel has always been to believe. In the original language in the Greek, it is a word pistuo, pistuo. It means to trust, to have faith in, to be persuaded of. We're saved, here's the truth, we're saved not by doing things. We're saved not by stopping doing things. We're saved not by religion or religious systems. We're saved by faith in Jesus. We're saved by trusting, by belief, in Jesus, and so listen to me, the call of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to believe, believe. You want to know the response? The proper response is to believe. I'm flipping over to the end of the gospel, to the last of the 20th chapter, and there at the last of the 20th chapter, the apostle John is is wrapping up, beginning to conclude his gospel and led by God, he tells us there at the end of the chapter why why the gospel, this gospel, is written. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Listen to this. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. There's a whole lot of stuff that happened that he says is not written in this book. Listen, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. He says, this is recorded so that you may trust, you may have faith, you may be persuaded that Jesus, the Nazarene, The descendant of David, the seed of Abraham from the tribe of Judah, that that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the anointed by God, promised Savior from God, the Son of God, it says, that he is God himself, the giver of life, the light of the world, powerful and able to save. That's why this was written. John says, All that has been written has been written that you will believe these things of Jesus, and that believing, trusting, having faith, you may have life in his name. Listen, the broad, loud, adamant call of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to believe. I looked it up. <laughs> In this English translation, I used the New American Standard Version. I went and looked it up. In this translation, the word believe or forms of the word believe are found over a hundred times in the gospel of John. And the I, 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 best I could tell, that's about as much as it is all together with the rest of the New Testament. But a hundred times In the Gospel of John, the word is used over 100 times, a form of belief. Folks, be sure, God goes to great length. God is not unclear. God is not ambiguous, telling us he loves all, and he died for all. And his heart, therefore, is that all would believe. The same teaching that says Jesus didn't die for all and therefore that he doesn't love all says this, that he doesn't give all the ability to believe. He doesn't grant all people the ability to believe. And so here's what it teaches. He didn't die for everybody. And so therefore, it'd be weird to say that he loves everybody. And then, and then they go further and say, he doesn't give everybody, grant everybody the ability to believe. So they cannot believe. That's what they teach. They can't believe because God doesn't give them the ability to believe. Here's my question. So why write the gospel of John? Why say it is written that you may believe? Why did God record this with the goal that you would read it and you would know who Jesus is and in believing you would be saved? Is God some kind of trickster? Is he some sort of liar that leads you in but doesn't want you? No. Hear me today. Whoever you are, listen. Whoever you are, you can turn to Jesus in faith and you can trust him as your savior, and you will be saved. You wanna know the truth of the call? That's the truth of the call. Whoever you are, you can turn to Jesus. You can see him as your savior. You can trust him in faith, whoever you are, and you will be saved. The call of the good news is to believe. If you're hearing this today, some are hearing it in different forms, the truth stands. God loves you. In the person of Jesus, he has paid the cost of your redemption in the work of the cross. He died as your lamb. He lives now as the risen Savior. And I want to tell you, listen, my call today, joining the chorus of countless others is this, believe Believe, turn to Jesus and believe. Now, maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, what would that look like? What would it look like to believe? Let me tell you what that would look like. It would be this. It would be to say to what I know who I am. I know that I am a sinner. I know the testimony of scripture that I have sinned. I know there's not one good person. The Bible says not even one. We've all fallen short. It's to, to say I am a sinner. It's not to try to say, well, I get an excuse because of my parents, because of my environment, because of my upbringing. It's to say I'm a sinner. It is to say I know the authority of God's word says in my sin I am separated from God. I am perishing. I am cut off. I am ruined in my sin. It's to admit that. It's to agree with scripture. But to believe is to say, you know what, I also trust that God sent forth a savior, sent forth a remedy. When I can do nothing and sin is only but God's son. And he comes and he lives a life he never sins that he may offer himself in my place. And my lamb in my stead and my place goes to the cross and he pays for my sin. He takes my sin and my shame. The Bible says he even becomes it. It's nailed to the cross in him. It's paid for, reconciled in him. What it would look like is to say, I believe that. He's taken from that cross, he's placed in a, borrowed tomb. He's dead. The cost was death and he's paid it in death. And three days later he walks out and he stands alive as the victorious king, the Lord, the Savior, the remedy for sinners. What it would look like is to say this. Lord, I see that. I hear that. I believe that. I trust that. And today the best I know how I'm going to follow you as Lord. I'm going to claim you as Savior. I'm going to ask for the power to turn and repent and leave my sin, have a change of mind and walk with you as Lord and Savior. That's what it means. That's, listen to me, friend. That's the call of the gospel. That's how we're saved, any of us, all of us. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. The call of the good news is to believe. That brings us to the last point. As we are seeing in the study of Acts... And I think it's interesting how that always seems to fit together, how that always seems to work together. As we're seeing in our study of Acts, this isn't the end. Gospel of John ends, it's not the end, it's the start. It's not the end. As we said, as we finished the 100th sermon, do you remember the 100th sermon last year? It wasn't the end, it was the beginning. That's what we said The gospel's not the end, it's the beginning. There is a commission to the good news. There is a commission to the good news. This year, listen, it seems harder. And our world for sure is darker. The day we're living in is a dark day. And I look around and it doesn't take me far to see people are hurting today. People are suffering today. And we, we put on smiles and we try to act like we've got it all together. People are despairing today. Hope is being crushed out of people today. Hatred is brewing all around us. And and, and these days are crazy, they're wild, They're, they're bewildering. But I want you to hear me, listen. But the church of Jesus Christ has the answer. We might, we might forget that. We might let that slip. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ has the answer. We're not looking for it. We're not trying to, to find it. We're not trying to, to piece it together. We have the answer, yes, and these are hard days. Yes, these are dark days. But listen to me. We in the church of Jesus Christ, we have the answer, and the answer is Jesus The answer is Jesus, and as sure as I say that, you say, oh, that sounds so cliche. That sounds so unsophisticated. Oh, that sounds too simple. Yet, it is true nonetheless, Jesus is the answer. And just like that call was made to us, believe. Now our commission, our duty, our purpose as believers is to call other folks to do the same, Here is the truth. Here is the good news. Only believe. The mission of the church is to hold up Jesus and to call a lost world to believe. John chapter 17, very interesting chapter. Jesus is praying. Soon to go to the cross. Crazy. Jesus is praying. He's praying for his disciples. He is praying. It's called the high priestly prayer. He's praying for the believers that would come after those disciples, becoming disciples from the word of the disciples, the truth of the gospel. When you read the account, he's even praying for us. John chapter 17, verse 18, Jesus in his prayer says this, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Now, listen, that's just a, a small picture. Listen, we have a, a mission. The same mission of Jesus to seek and to save that which is lost has now been given to us in the church. And we have a mission to persuade people to believe, to compel people to believe, to call people to believe. Listen, that's not popular today. Oh, you can do that for yourself. That's good that you found that hope, but you shouldn't mess with other people. No, we're to persuade them, compel them, beg them, only believe. Last year for 100 sermons, we heard we have good news. We have good news, every page, every sermon. Well, Here's the question. If you have good news, what do you do with it? You share it. If you have good news, I, we get a birth announcement. People are glad, they're excited. When you have good news, you got a good report from the doctor, you call somebody up. If you have good news, you report it. You share it. You tell others. Calvary Baptist Church, listen, we're not at the end. We're at the start. Starting today, we're going to have a renewed call to invite people to join us in the activities of our church. And I'll just tell you, you know this and we know this. If you come here, you're going to hear about Jesus. You're going to hear the gospel of Jesus. And you're going to hear how to be saved through Jesus. And so starting right now, we're going to have a renewed focus, a renewed call to invite people to attend us in the activities of the church. Now, the first part of that is you have to commit to attending the activities of the church. Second thing, you invite others. Sundays, Wednesday nights, This a ladies coming up. They're going to glorify Jesus. There's going to be a chance to get saved there. It ought to be twice as full as the last one. Invite people to the activities of the church, a renewed push. Second thing, starting today, there's going to be a renewed call to pray. To pray as individuals and also some opportunities to pray together as the church. To pray for our church. To pray for God to use our church. To pray for the lost that are around us. To pray for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go out. God will bless and he will honor that prayer. All right, we're going to start today. A renewed call to pray for our church. To pray for the lost. Starting today, this afternoon, on Facebook, if you have it, we are going to repost each of the hundred sermons from last year one day at a time. Today will be the first sermon. It will be shared on the Facebook. When you see that come up, if you see that, you invite people to watch it. You share it yourself. A statistic is every time that something is shared, that an average of 87 new people see that thing. You share it yourself, and then you invite other people to share it as well. Now, I don't know much about this, but I'm going to tell you, the Internet's a crazy thing. And I was just thinking about this. We were talking about this. What if more people watch it this time than watched it last time? Do you know the biggest impact doesn't have to be in this room? And we pray that it goes out and we share those videos and and our prayers. What if more than than the 50 states, what if more than those 50 countries hear those messages? Pray for a great result. Next week when you come into church, there's going to be a table in the back. There's going to be flash drives on it. They were paid for by a generous gift. Those were expensive. There's going to be a a table of flash drives. Uh, About half of those, a bunch of those, have the audio version of all hundred sermons. Half of those have the video version of all hundred sermons. You can put that in your car. Some of the new phones, you can put it in your phone. You can put it in your laptop. You can put it in your smart TV. All hundred sermons will come up. Those are going to be back there. We're going to ask that you take those to give to somebody, to tell somebody Maybe you're going to mail it to your cousin in California. Maybe it's your friend in Houston. You're going to give it to somebody. Maybe it's across the street at work, and you're going to tell them, here's the good news. Listen, there's good news. You are so loved. We're going to pray for a great result. We're going to pray that God uses it. Coming up, Monday, September 12th, we're going to relaunch our Monday night mission night. We took a break Uh, for the pandemic. We're going to start that back. You're going to hear more about that. We're going to go back out. I, I think about that. Is that the most effective way? No. Is it kind of nerve-wracking to try it? Yes. But I want to tell you, it trains us and it lets the world know there is a Savior. And they're crazy enough to go door to door to tell somebody about it. September 12th, Monday night, we're going to relaunch Monday night, mission night. Let me tell you, I'm excited about all those things. I'm hopeful about all those things. But here's the one I'm most excited about. Starting Saturday night, October 15th. I'm going to preach for 30 consecutive days on the gospel of Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in Jesus. And we're going to pray, and we're going to invite, and we're going to to put those messages out. We're going to share those messages. And let me tell you this, God will speak. In the days when the world spins out of control, you know what the world needs? It needs the truth of Jesus Christ. I promise you this, God will speak. When I finished, when we finished the hundred days, we had barbecue over here for lunch. It was a good lunch. We went home. I took my suit off and put it in a pile. Went to bed. And I woke up Monday morning, and it's a very weird feeling. First time a hundred days, nowhere to go, no sermon to preach, tired. I laid there for a second. And I thought about it. My conclusion, you know my conclusion? Here's here's my conclusion after 100 sermons. Here's what I decided before I ever got out of bed that day. You can't run fast enough, and you can't jump high enough, and you can't preach long enough to hold up the glory of Jesus Christ. And I sat there and I thought, oh, I thought 100 sermons... You can't run fast enough and you can't jump high enough and you can't preach long enough to hold up the glory of Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you something. But he is worthy of the effort. He's worthy of the effort. We ought to burn to tell the lost world there is hope today. You are so loved. So here we go. Here we go. What do you do when you have good news? You share it. Maybe you're here today and you're listening here in the room. Maybe you're in some other place and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to tell you, not my gospel, the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of his truth is this. God loves you. If you'll turn to him today, if you'll call upon him as your Savior, if you'll trust him for your salvation, he will forgive you of each and every sin. His grace is greater than your greatest sin. He'll restore you. He'll renew you. He will call you son and daughter. He'll save you today. If you've never trusted Jesus, do it today. If you're in this room, listen, and you've you've skirted around it and you've thought about it, listen, if you've never trusted Jesus, do it today. He'll save you today. We're going to close with a time of invitation, a time of response. If God is speaking to you in this room and you're ready to say, I trust Jesus, I, I, I trust him as my Lord and my Savior, you come. Let's settle that today. Come, let's settle that today. If you need even more information, you come as well. Let's settle this. If you're listening some other way, listen. You find somebody. You talk to somebody. You get God's word. You settle it today. Maybe you're here and you've made that decision, but you never fought in believer's baptism. You come as well. Great testimony is not part of our salvation. It's, it's a picture, a testimony of our salvation. Christ tells us to do it. He commands us to do it. And so you come as well. We'll say, you know what? This is what Jesus has done. This is who Jesus is. And we'll demonstrate it in the powerful testimony of baptism. You come, we'll set a day. It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it. You believe God has led you here. You come. You come and together we'll unite. We'll uphold his word. We'll preach his good news until he comes again. Maybe you want to come and pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you're dealing with things no one even knows what they are. Nothing is too big, nothing is too small. You come. Let's settle that today. So we stand to sing. If God has spoken to you, you step out. You come on. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. Every father, we come, and we tell you we love you. We tell you we're thankful for good news. We're thankful that we are so loved, not of any merit. <laughs> in fact, the opposite. We've, we've rebelled against you. We've turned against you. We've spurned you. And yet your love is great and your grace is great. And you offer us the remedy for sin in Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that it takes hold in this room. And I pray for some here that need to trust you today, that, that are here considering. And I pray that the hindrances will be removed, and today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, I pray for us as a church, as we think about these things, I pray that we're attending, and we're inviting, and we're telling, and we're speaking. We're sharing. And I pray the good news goes out. And I pray, Lord, between now and Christmas, that there would be a great sowing and a great harvest to the glory of Christ. Lord, we give you this time. We turn it over to you. And I trust it to you, asking you to work. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.